We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What it do? Happy Wednesday, happy hump day, Lucky Lucky Podcast. The Anora Boys are in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you got to drink, make sure that you drink. Responsibly. You got to drink responsibly. Today, we hear from the coordinators, Tommy Reese and Al Golden, on building confidence for both units. Moving on and the challenge of facing Navy. Also, we'll hear from Marcus Freeman on what it, what went into the preparation for Navy and turning the page. We'll talk about the CFP rankings. Notre Dame, did they really end Clemson's season? Was it that simple? We'll talk about that and talk about the top four and where Notre Dame finally landed initially in the second release of the CFP rankings. LL question of the day. What's your biggest issue with the Notre Dame defense? Left, I ask this because Notre Dame has pretty much held every opponent below its season average in points. And yet and still, you know, I think they played well enough on defense to be undefeated. Right, I can say that. Even Ohio State twenty-one, I think so. But what's your big for those people still have issue and and I see them nitpicking about the Notre Dame defense, right? And I saw someone on the message board ask about next year's defense, and you know, is the defensive line going to be in trouble? And I'm scratching my head, like you do know the Notre Dame recruits, right? Like. You do know they have four stars just waiting that can't get hit. And even though we lost Jacob Lacey, we just threw Gabriel Rubio in there. And honestly, one might surmise that the defense against the rush has kind of gotten better. Now, I'll throw a lot of love to the linebackers for their improved play. Yes. It's being one of the reasons that's happened in the last two games. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes. Both of those things go hand in hand. So that's the question of the day. What's your biggest issue with the Notre Dame defense? It's hard for me to really find one because I – I've been speaking on it all year. I really believe that they've given us the best chance to stay in a lot of these games along with the offensive line, holding the two top – well, holding two top five teams to under 21 or under. I think that's a a recipe to be in a conversation for the college football playoffs as well as being ranked higher than what we are now. Now, being able to bring the offensive side is what is more concerning for me, but – if I'm nitpicking, I would just say I would obviously want it to be a dominant performance to where we had a clear Heisman winner, but that's just being that's just being OD. But seeing the progress of where we started and and how the defense has been consistent through the tumultuous times of these games that we've had, even the Stanford game, they scored 16 points. 16. All right, come on. Marshall scored what? They scored 20-something, right? Marshall was 31, ended up being 31. Yeah, but we, I mean, come on, it's Marshall. That was a pick, that was a pick six, an early interception as well that led to points. He had two pick sixes. 26-21 was the final score. Oh, so we only gave him 12 points? Just pure? Yeah. yeah, without the pick sixes, we gave him 12 points. So 16 points, 12 points, 21 points in games that, I mean, if I didn't even tell you the names, you should mm-hmm. be like, oh, y'all should win that. 16 points, 21 points, yeah, and 12 points in our losses. It doesn't matter who the name was. It just so happened that one of them teams is the top two team in the country. Facts. And either one of those scores for the top two team in the country is beatable. Facts. It's beatable. 21, 12, and and 16 are beatable by any standard in college football with a decently good enough offense. Decently good enough. And one of those teams happens, happens, Matter of fact, I'll throw in the other team we just beat. They had seven. So seven, 12, 16, and 21. Those four numbers, two of those numbers were against top two teams. 
top five teams in the country. Top, I'm sorry, not top five, top four teams in the country. Yeah. 12, 7, 21, and 16. Two of those are top four teams in the entire country. And we beat one of them unranked. That's what our defense is putting out there this year. That's the stats. Only other team doing something close to that is Georgia. That's the only other defense. Lucky Lucky Podcast, man. (laughs) So that's the question of the day. Let's, you know what? Let's go through these right now and get them out the way. Logan Lawrence says we need more big bodies up front. He also mentioned Justin Scott, 24 defensive tackle out of the Chicago area, St. Ignatius. We need big body types. Jay, this year's indie defense will be less talented under Freeman, and that's crazy. KL says, I'm cool with the defense. Joe Easton, I'll say that one for later because that's about Navy. In preparation, he wants to ask you, Lev. Uh, the original Clyde, the Glide, hey, I like that. I like that. I agree with you, Sean, about the D. However, I think the turnovers need to get better. We will need turnovers against USC. And I think Al Golden has been upfront and honest in saying, yo, they had, I think, four to five opportunities with the ball on the ground against Stanford. They had a turnover taken away from them by replay. So you saw them starting to create turnovers, having the opportunities, and Al Golden kept telling us, yo, the tide is going to turn. We're starting, we're going to get our fair share because we're creating the opportunities. And he was right. You saw it at Syracuse, you saw it against Clemson, and they're starting to create turnovers, interceptions, sacks, fumbles. Look, I'm not about to sit here and say what they need to beat USC. Right? We know what it is. We can be honest. USC's offensive line is mid. Their defense is trash. They want to get out in front and let their speed rushes go after the quarterback. Unfortunately, they don't like to play against the run. No. So you know what it is. There's no different recipe than what it was against Clemson. Punch them in the mouth on both sides of the ball and keep punching them in the mouth. That's it. That's it. They lighten the pants and see if they can stand up. That's it. That's We're going to knock you down. Let's see if you keep getting back up. Because eventually, you're going to want to stay down. That's right. That's the game plan. And Paul A. taps in and says, yeah, we need to create more turnovers. So I understand that. Before we get to the coordinators, we talked about how important closing the 23 class would be at the Super Bowl of recruiting against Clemson this weekend. Storybook. Fairy tale story from pregame, the atmosphere, the campus, the vibes, the game, postgame, the former players, everything. Just storybook. Disney like. Couldn't have gone better for Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, things couldn't have gone better from a, a perfect picture. Uh, situation when everything was online, everything was important for mm-hmm. us to be able to have everything go well. 
especially after how the season has been going. Not that it's totally tanked. Like, we've had a lot of good moments, but those two losses were still hanging over our head in some instances. So to be able to take all of that, including with Marcus Freeman, continuing to be consistent in his message of, you know, we're going to get to it, we're going to get to it, we're going to fix it, we're going to be where we are, and then to have it, it almost feels like it should have been the end of the season win because that's kind of how it felt, rushing the field and everything and, and, and such. I think it just puts us back to where we should have, we would have been if we were undefeated in the beginning of the season and that feeling that we would have had. I think we get a, a little bit of that back winning the game uh, against Clemson, how we did. And, uh, you know, moving forward, is 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 we're looking pretty hot. And I think as long as we continue to stay on that, uh, buying in and, and young guys making plays and older guys, you know, making plays, I think it's going to help sustain itself throughout the rest of the season. So it's flipping season. Event, it's flipping season. We knew it was coming because we knew Notre Dame came in starting the season with over 20 commits in the 23 class. And we said it all summer. When you have that many commits, you're going to go into November and December flipping guys from other classes. That's what we said that. That was the great thing about the early work Marcus Freeman did with the rest of the staff and recruit. Caleb Smith, wide receiver from Texas, D commits from Texas Tech, comes up for the Clemson game. Notre Dame's the clear leader. Probably looking to commit in the next week or so. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Especially that's what with we the, do. especially with the advancement and how we've been able to recruit at a high level, being in the rooms with the high level recruits that we weren't before, uh turning guys away. You yeah. know. Calling guys in the transfer portal, uh, 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 make, having guys trying to reclassify. I mean, doing all the the top notch recruiting tactics and strategies that we lacked on before. I think it just plays into it. We're going to flip guys as well. We said it was flipping season uh, back when they was doing signing day. It's flipping season throughout the year as well. And I think this is a great game to win to be able to turn the tides of some of those guys who was. Uh, if you're on the fence about Notre Dame, I mean, at least you got to confirm that when you see us at our highest level, there's nobody that can beat us. So, talking about flipping, we go to the hometown of Left himself this morning. Because Notre Dame fans, some of you probably know, but if you don't know, you woke up to a kid from the 2024 class. Now, the seventh commitment in the 2024 class from Cincinnati, Ohio, Archbishop Moeller, who has a long-time pipeline to Notre Dame. He was in attendance for the Clemson game. He came as a South Carolina commit. Mm. For those of you, you know, because I heard people saying, well, Notre Dame doesn't bring in kids that are committed to other schools, and I've been telling you that's not true. He came to the game as a South Carolina commit. That's right. When he left, it was a wrap. He immediately got on the phone with the South Carolina staff and said, yeah. He said, y'all see that win they just had? Yeah, I'm going to now. He pulled a Harlem Knights, put your mom on the phone. <laughs> yeah. I ain't never coming home again. Have a nice life. That's what he did to the South Carolina staff. I ain't coming back, dog. And then on Monday, he called Marcus Freeman. You don't have to believe me. He was super excited, but I want you to hear from 
the newest member of the 2024 class of Notre Dame, Carson Hobbs. He's a three-star right now left, but according to Tom Lemming, that's going to be changing really soon. So here he is, courtesy of Archbishop Moeller Media. Here is your newest member, Carson Hobbs, four-star cornerback out of Cincinnati, Ohio. He's talking to you, Irish fans. I'm excited and I'm blessed to be able to move on to another chapter in life. What was it like calling Marcus Freeman? It was one of the greatest calls I've ever made in my life, man. I was so excited. You know, my dad, parents crying like a baby. So um, it's a blessing and uh, he's a great dude and they got a great program. So I'm glad I get to go be a part of it. Uh, I like the education. I like um, the connections you can make with all the alumni and, uh, you know, Notre Dame, they won uh, 13 national titles. So it's going to be playing on NBC Sports every week on Channel 5 or whatever, anywhere in the world can see it. I really like that. I think it's great. A lot of uh, Notre Dame people that are coaching up there, a lot of them are from Cincinnati, and uh, they're really popular with the area. So knowing Jerry Fowles, when I was down there, I was wearing some molar gear, and everybody, oh, that's Jerry, Jerry Fowles, you know, everywhere. So it was great to, uh, you know, kind of get recognition just for going here. And I think uh, them being a Catholic school and us too is, uh, you know what I mean? real good connection because I, I guess I can say I'm kind of used to that type of stuff. Attending mass weekly and you know I, that's the type of stuff that I want to be in growing up. That way I can give that to my future family. So carrying them aspects along in life I think is really good. Uh, my goal now is to uh, go out with my teammates these next couple of weeks and try to bring home a state championship and then after that we can celebrate do all the talking now. I feel like for the next couple of weeks really just going to be a grind. You know, doing it with my brothers and the people I love to be with. So just focus on winning the state championship. Uh, I'll bring the best man-to-man -man coverage I've been seeing in a very long time. And I'll bring some excellent tackling too. And I'll bring leadership on and off the field. So I'm extremely excited to be a part of that program and uh, go show my abilities in the next level. And a little bit of sway. Yep, a little bit of sway. Hi, I'm Carson Hobbs, Moeller defensive back, class of 2024. I'd like to proudly be committing to the University of Notre Dame fighting Irish Irish. That's courtesy of Archbishop Moeller Media. We appreciate them for that uh, video. And uh, Carson Hobbs, once again, newest member of the 2024 class. Him and his boy Cam Williams are going back and forth on Twitter this morning and the rest of the 24 class. They already have seven commits. Once again, we, we, we pointed out that Marcus Freeman wants to jump out early in recruiting. He wants to build the class early and then have everybody else playing catch up because he doesn't want to come to November and December and have to, have to battle Ohio State, Georgia, Florida, and all of those schools for kids. He wants to have the majority of his class ready and locked in and then go into late November, December, looking to flip kids and add to the class. Now this 23 class might get up, from what we're hearing, might get up to 27. Mm. They might get 27 commits in this class. That's that's a heck of a first-time class, right? And once again, I want to point out a lot of people, um, man, I don't want to get the I always get these names mixed up, man. The offensive lineman that might end up being the fifth offensive lineman in the class, the Steve, the uh Stevenson kid, the Terry kid. From here in Illinois, he's another kid that came and visited Notre Dame. He's still a Wisconsin commit. So 
people have been saying Notre Dame doesn't bring in committed players is not true. Plenty a lot of committed players that have visited quietly. Um, I like the tactics, honestly. I think what's good about it is, you know, you get it. Uh, I think it, it helps the players confirm what they, you know, think about Notre Dame because I do think whenever you get that Notre Dame call, even for me, yeah, I was coming. I didn't know if I was going to commit or not. I didn't know if uh, I liked it or not, but I was going. Yeah. At the time, I, I wasn't a huge Notre Dame fan. I didn't know too much about it. You know, I was Ohio State everything and Florida State everything, you know. And so, but I knew that it, I was doing something right getting a call from Notre Dame uh, to come visit in this, that, and the third. So, to me, me not even knowing anything about Notre Dame, it stood out to me when I got that call enough to go visit the next week and then commit, you yeah. know, not too long after, just knowing the what it could mean for a quarterback and, and just the essence of what I learned about it in the short time that got me committed to it so fast. Like, oh, this is – oh, I got lucky here. I didn't even know, you know. I ain't even – I was about to go to Ohio State or something, you know. So I definitely see uh, the pool that – and how easy it is, even with guys committed. You know, I was sold on Wisconsin and, you know, all that stuff. So even with all that, how fast it changes getting a call mm -hmm. from Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman, especially now, and you're like, oh, shoot, I, I you know, I got to come. You know, I'm not going to deny that call. So I think that's an advantage, especially it's heightened with a guy like Marcus Freeman there. It's like getting a call from Denzel. Yeah. Oh, what's up, Mr. Denzel? You know, that's, that's, a, that's a good call to have. And when you get up there, you know, it's just it's un we got home field advantage. <laughs> we go out that grass cut. We're going to have everything clean and mopped down real nice. You're going to see all the building. So we, we definitely have a great setup uh, to, to pull guys that are thinking about decommitting from where they are before. You know what? Flipping season is so much about opportunity, right? Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Because I'm going to be honest, Left, the 23 class doesn't have a quarterback, but if I was a quarterback right now committed to a struggling program or a struggling product that's been put out there, and I know the offensive line and the running backs and the wide receivers that I could have if I walked into Notre Dame, I would be calling Notre Dame. I wouldn't even need Notre Dame to reach out to me. I'd be like, hey, yo, what's I good? I see what's going on. You're like, B BC, I, can I come yeah. in for that Boston College game? Yeah, 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 yeah. If I was a recruit. Man, go ahead. Bring me up there, man. Man. Matter of yeah, fact, man. we don't even have to make it official. I'll pay for it. Yeah. I'll yo, pay for it. I, 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 see the, I see what y'all trying to say without saying it. I just want to I just want to go and just check it out. I just want to see what's going on up there. That's it. That's it. The, uh, the, the offensive line I was talking about, Christopher Terry. Christopher Terry, who's still a Wisconsin commit, still committed to the University of Wisconsin. And if any time, if you think Stanford. about it, if at any time in Notre Dame quarterback history, this might be the only time that I can remember it, mm -hmm. that they would take an open tryout. If it came to, you know, recruits and transfer, they should take an open tryout. Yeah. Because the position is that in much of need. And is that close with the right person to really make it something special? Yeah. 
And I've never seen it be that obvious. Like, we really just need just a, just better than what we got. We ain't saying it's bad. But everybody in the country looked at that Clemson game and was like, man, if they had a had a guy's jersey in the bookstore that was a quarterback, they might be something serious. Serious, serious. Shoot, yeah. if I was a starting quarterback somewhere on the, on the college football team, and I'm like, shoot, I want to upgrade. So, and just, just to, you know, I'm pretty decent at my job, bro. I've only been doing it for a few months, but I'm pretty decent in this recruiting thing. So okay. I just want to clarify because I see some things in the chat. I want to make sure we get the right information out there. Someone said he decommitted from South Carolina on Friday to take the trip. This is from Carson Hobbs' Twitter page on yesterday. He yeah. says, "All he says from yesterday, he says all love. First, I would like to thank South Carolina and the coaches." for overwhelming love and support they expressed to me after my acceptance into the Gamecocks community. I also like to thank my family and friends for their support during the recruitment process. With that being said, I've decided to decommit from the University of South Carolina. So like I said, that Harlem Knights phone call took place after the visit. We posted the decommitment on Monday. No, on Tuesday, actually, because it was 16 hours ago. And then officially made the uh, uh, proclamation this morning. So I just want to, because, you know, there's a lot of uh, stuff being put out there about Marcus Freeman. That's right. About he's unfair. It's unfair, you know, not wanting uh, players to take official visits when they're committed, you know, to other schools and this, that, and the other. That's, you know, trying to paint him in a, you know, as being like this uh, totalitarian. Good. And not listening. And that's not who he is. He is by a situation. He's not about to allow, it's a case-by-case situation. He's not about to allow you to play Notre Dame. Man, listen, you paying that man to do a job. So as long as you're being transparent about what you're doing, then that's fine. But when you start playing that, Oh no 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 we we good uh, I'm just going I'm I'm just going no 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 are you going because you're not fully bought in or are you going just because you just want to fulfill these visits like let us know that's so, fair if you're shopping then we're shopping we gonna keep this equal on both sides and that's it so you know then it was a room put out there you know. Notre Dame doesn't allow committed players to take visits. That's not true. That's not true. It's happened all year long. Committed players committed to other programs have come in, taken visits, some quietly. And then you have the Stevenson kid, the Tarek Stevenson kid, the offensive lineman, Wisconsin commit. He came in for the Stanford game. And Carson Hobbs came in for the Clemson game, committed to South Carolina. Mm. I just want to clear those things up. People are trying to put negative vibes out there about Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame recruiting. And those things are not true. And everything is about context and case-by-case basis. That's just it. Context, case-by-case basis. Lucky Lefty Podcast. All right? So, as we do every Wednesday left, heads or tails, man. Tails never fails. 
Fails never fails. And that is Al Golden. Let's start with Al Golden this week. And Al Golden talked about the preparation for Navy, but he also talked about not buying into the success that the defense had against Clemson because they got to go out and do it again. We were all proud on the way the way they played, you know, but the reality is that it goes fast, you know, and, and uh, we have to take the things that um, uh, that we did well in that game that apply to this game. And we're, so right now our focus is on, on Navy and, you know, if we played good perimeter football and we tackled well in the print, well, guess what? That all applies to this game. When they ran the ball and we played assignment football, that applies to this game. Other than that, we've we've, we've had to move forward, you know, fairly quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, they emptied the tank Saturday. They got to fill it back up and go up and go down here to uh, Baltimore and, and empty it again. Yo, keep emptying the tanks. You did it once, have to do it again. People in the chat have been talking about what they've loved with the defense and what they want the defense to improve upon. The challenge, go out there and do it again. Don't fall back. Don't let up. Let's keep building on our defensive effort. Yeah, and that's and that's, and that's really good for him to keep that mission in mind that every week's new week. And you got to be able to put everything into each week as you're going on, and that's the only way you can uh, keep that fire alive and and, and the good thing about having experienced guys like Al Golden is that that's a guy you can trust because he's been through it. He can give you the right info that can keep you on the right path. Mm-hmm. But also he knows the mentality that you need to have going later into the season and what it takes to get it done. And I think having that leadership and guidance, not only from the head coach, but from your defensive coordinator and from everybody in the staff, that's going to keep the players engaged. And we're, that's why we keep getting better inch by inch, week to week. And they turned the corner. And what's waiting on them around that corner? The Navy midshipmen. And it's a different week left. You've experienced it. Like it's it's just different. And you expect a different type game. You've gone through it. And Marcus Freeman talked about what it takes to go move on for the midshipmen. And to say turn the page, let's move on to Navy, but it's another thing is your actions, right? Are you coaching with the same intensity um, that you have after a loss? You know, is everything you do, they're going to look, they're going to compare. Hey, is he the same coach after a win that he is after a loss? You hope you're consistent in terms of your actions. And um, in reminders, right? It's constant reminders. you got to continue to put in their head how important it is to prepare for the next opponent. As I tell them all the time, man, if you want the answers to the test, it's preparation. And we have to prepare. We have to prepare. We have to prepare. The only thing they're mandated to do is the things that we see when we're around them, right? And the expectations we have when we can physically see them. But we have to continue to put in their minds when they're not around us. The preparation will give us a chance to have success and remind them how important it is to do whatever it takes to make sure we get that feeling that we have after victories. And so um, it's it's a constant evolution, a constant um, psychology in terms of how to convince their mind that this is so important that their actions reflect that. Yeah. I, you know what I respect about him so much, bro? Because Marcus Freeman has said certain things that we didn't necessarily agree with, right? And one of those things early in the season was 
you know, he doesn't believe in gamers. Like for him, you prove yourself in practice if you want to get reps. And we were like, eh, you know what I love? He's not changing, bro. He doesn't care what anybody he believes in, what he believes in. He's not changing. He's put it out there. There's no one in that locker room that can say they don't know how to get on the field. Right. Like, no, no one can say, now, I don't know how to get reps. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. This practice field right here. And him just talking about preparation and what that means. It goes back to what we talked about, you know, with getting to that championship level. You know, when you have a high level of preparation as a program, the opponent really doesn't matter. Right. Right. Because the preparation is like to go out there and produce at an elite level, regardless of the opponent. And that's where you don't get the peaks and valleys that we've seen from this team. And hopefully this week will be another peak and not another valley against a lesser opponent. And that's what we've seen early in the season. That's right. We definitely don't want to see a lull coming off of a win because that, that shows a, a weakness in a team that should and can be great. Mm -hmm. And I think Marcus Freeman, like he said it perfectly, they're going to judge you after you come off of a top win like that because of all the emotions included, especially against a sneaky team like Navy that can give you a lot of troubles if you're not focused on the details. I think this is a great game to play after a game like Clemson, especially to, in, in which the way we won, because it focuses to get right back on the details, and that's what it takes to win games, especially like this, where yeah. we can't be lacking for a lot of reasons. One, because you want to stay healthy. You know, if you're not in the right gap and you and you trying to take chances on things that you're not supposed to, you don't know what you're doing, you can get hurt in a game like this. It happens every year. So it's important to not only know your job for you to be effective, but to stay healthy in, in a game where they're going to run right at you. They're going to get your knees. They're not, they're going to play real physical, real discipline until the end of the whistle. And when you relax thinking that this is a regular game and you relax thinking they're not going to go to the whistle, that's when you get in trouble as well. So total effort and focus has to be applied in this game for health reasons, more so than being in threat of losing anything. Yeah, the new legislation in college football, in my opinion, left has hurt Navy and the other academies more than anybody, right? Because their whole game was we're not big enough. So we have to use our leverage, our quickness, and our ability to cut you. Once they changed the cut block on the second level and quarterbacks were, I mean, uh, linebackers were able to flow and not worry about that, that really hurt their run game. Right, because they want to get they want to get the linemen and the linebackers on the ground just for that quick second, so their running back, so their fullbacks can get up in there and get four or five yards, six, seven yards each and every play. I think that's really hurt the programs, and we've seen it. Navy comes into this game with a three and six record, struggling on the season. Uh, just lost to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati. This isn't one of the best Cincinnati teams, and Cincinnati pretty much dominated them despite what the score looked like. So even though no, Notre Dame should dominate this game. Right. They should dominate this game. Just but we said that. We said that before Marshall. We said that before Stanford. This is where Notre Dame proves to everyone that they have begun to turn the corner. We knew when they beat North Carolina that this was in them. We knew yeah. when they beat Syracuse, this was in them. They showed us once again. 
this is who we are. This is who we can be against Clemson. Now they have to overcome what has haunted them in the early part of the season. Games like this, when they're supposed to dominate, can they just go out there and handle business? That's mental. That's like a mental hurdle. And it's a tough, not from a talent standpoint, but just from the limited opportunities and what's presented. We were joking about this before we started the show. I'm looking at Navy and I'm like, I don't know how they run the ball as much as they do. And they just don't commit penalties, bro. They just don't commit. Yeah. They just don't commit penalties. And what did you tell me? You said that comes from being in the military. <laughs> they do. They just high discipline, bro. Yeah. I mean, you gotta think they wake up doing calisthenics and yelling and you know, pointing their toes straight and getting to it. And I think uh it just shows that it's possible that you can have a team that's disciplined well enough to not get penalties. So yeah. that's definitely, I would say, it's a coaching thing. Yeah. You can, yeah. if you have a high penalty team, I directly believe that's because of coaching. Because if yeah. you look at Navy and the lifestyle that they run and they have, there ain't no penalties over there because that's penalties is real life too. <laughs> right. Penalties for them, penalties for them equal death yeah like so they bring football for them is almost paramount to the battlefield yeah for them so penalties to them and i'm pretty much that's probably how they're coached like look look we cannot afford penalties all right you it's like dying or something right because if you if you this undisciplined on this football field you might go to the battlefield exactly and that's what you cost the man next to you, their life. Like your parents say, if you don't think like, you know, about it now. Yeah, that's serious. Yeah, it's serious. And Nate, man, that's something that you know you're going to get against Nate. They make you beat them. That's it. They're not about to give you the game. If you're better, show us. Show us. Prove it to us. 20 yards per game in penalty yards, bro. 20. Three penalties a game at least the nation. <laughs> it's like this is what you're facing. And this is going to test the discipline of Tommy Reese, Al Golden, the Notre Dame players on both sides of the ball. Yo, line up, play disciplined football. You're better and you should dominate. You should dominate. You come out here, you're not locked in, coming off of that emotional win. And you're not locked in, ready to play. You might find yourself in a little bit. Yeah, you might find yourself in the third quarter in a tight game, and that's just unnecessary. Unnecessary. No reason for that to be taking place. Definitely, Steve Angeli should get some tick this game. There's no, there's no excuse for Angeli young players not to get ticked this game. And you yeah. make them. This is the thing. Make them put their backups in first. Yeah. Right? Beat, yeah. them, beat them so bad that they're like, you know what? Go ahead and get, let the backups get some run. Yeah, let the backups get some love because this is what uh this is what you want. You want to be able to get your guys some reps that will get a lot of chances to prepare for the second portion of the season uh, when they are going to be called to get, get in to add some depth and a breather for some of our starters. So 
this is where those games come into play. You mm-hmm. gotta have Angeli get in there because who knows what can happen uh, late in the season at that position, and we just need to have a guy ready to do uh, whatever, whether keep the keep the game afloat till the guy gets back in, or go in there and and be productive for a few drives to potentially win the game. So yeah. I think that. Later, you get into the season, the more you got to think of stuff like that just because, you know, guys are getting injured and guys are getting banged up. So it's important to have the troops ready, which is what recruiting comes to play so much is that we have the depth and the recruiting depth and the recruiting versatility where guys have been competitive all offseason and in the spring and in the summer, being able to have getting called on even when they haven't got as much tick during the season that they can be ready. And these are the games where they get those reps to – uh, remind themselves that they're still involved and it's still next man in mentality. Al Golden talked about the challenge of the Navy offense and how disciplined they are and what Notre Dame needs to do defensively. It's a challenge. It's, it's a mental challenge. It's a physical challenge. Um, and uh, obviously you want to work like crazy on the front end so that they can play faster come Saturday. So we're really, we're really working hard these, these next, you know, today and tomorrow. Uh, on the mental aspect and then really transition as much as we can to the physical. Um, you still have to play disciplined football. You still want to have as many guys out there with experience. Uh, you got to beat blocks, you got to tackle well, and you got to play good force on the perimeter. So um, it's always been a challenge. It will continue to be a challenge. And uh, we got we got we got a, you know, uh, we got a big week in front of us. There you have it, man. It's always going to be a challenge. You spoke about it. You've gone through it. And Marcus Freeman in his press conference talked about using the bye week to implement the package for Navy. Mm-hmm. That's that's how much goes into the difference in preparation for Navy and other teams. He also said they spent time in fall camp putting in the packages, getting all the mental stuff ready so that when they came to practice this week, now the guys can just go. We don't have to talk about the mental stuff and what we're doing. We've done that in fall camp. We did it during the bye week. Now we're ready to roll. Of course, we have to simulate cut blocks just to make sure our guys get used to it. But the team is ready. Once again, he's talking about that on a Monday. We're ready for this game. And you have you feel good hearing that. Yeah, you feel good hearing that, man. Especially to the to the tune of uh Marcus Freeman saying they're ready early in the week. And I think that just shows the readiness of the team itself and how excited we are each and every week to take on these new challenges that I think that, you know, I think we really have a good chance of doing a lot of good things to end the season with, to get us in position to uh, get that top spot. Lucky Lefty Podcast. You ready to flip to the other side? We heard from Al Golden. Tommy Reese coming off one of the – it was funny because he talked about coming down early. And he said, uh, he told Coach Jared Parker, you know what? If I don't get down there before the timeout is over, just tell him to run duo, which I thought was funny. Like, y'all been running that all night. So, of course, you're running duo. But he got down there. He said it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, you know, to get that big win and just experience everything as a coach. He said, I've experienced things like that as a player, but to experience it like that as a coach, and to be able to spend time and hug Drew on the sideline. And he was locked in all week, and he got us into our stuff and was able to go out there and lead us and do exactly what we asked him to do. 
Left, all we ask him to do is don't turn the ball over. That's, that's, yeah. that's all, at this point, like if you don't turn the ball over, we're good. You we're know, good. If we can give up, we can lower it now, left. We used to ask him for 220. I think we need to give new LL legislation on Drew Pine and say, you know what, you know what? We don't need 220 from you. Give us 150. Oh, that's oh yeah. Give us 150. Give us and 150. I don't need 220. No. Give us 150. Yeah. That's look. Third down and then and then if you can't get 150, now we really own you though. Right. Cause that's 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 saying that is that's super low, but that's low enough. Damn it, you a D one quarterback. And if you hey, if you throw in an RPO pool for a touchdown like you did against Clemson, okay, yeah, a nice little scramble to get down within the in, inside the five yard line. Now you're using your feet a little bit more. Okay, that's the compliment it. to the one fifty. That's right. We're good. We're good. We're good with that. That's all you need. And he talks about Tom Reese talked about. Being happy with Drew Pine and the relationship that he has with Drew Pine. They're very close. Um, a lot of people have opinions on our relationship, but we're extremely close. Those aren't rare moments to share together. You know, they happen pretty much every game. And um, he had put in so much work. He was really in a good place all week. You know, good place Friday and Saturday morning leading up to the game. And um, to see him stay cool and confident and do all those things and really lead our team to a victory was, was special and to be on the field with him was, was that way as well. And, um, you know, we just got to continue to put good days together. Look, everybody tells us how good he looks during the week, right? And this is kind of why we kind of, uh, when Marcus Freeman said he didn't believe in gamers, we kind of paused a little bit because you, your experience, you said, look, we had guys – that would go would kill in practice all week and then get to the game and it was like, yo, what happened? And so some guys, you cut the lights on and they, they perform better, but the standard is the standard now under Marcus Freeman. Look, Drew, I, I'm, I'm glad you look fantastic during the week and you're locked in. Just, just don't turn the ball over. I, I don't have anything else to say, man. Just yeah. don't turn the ball over. We're good. Yeah, if you don't turn the ball over, I'm telling you, we're going to be in a good position because Tommy understands. He even tweeted it out. Run the damn ball. Yes. With the hat, yes. Run the damn ball. (laughs) Run the damn ball. And I think because of that, uh, he's accepted the fact that he wants Drew to have 150 and maybe pull it to throw him off a little bit. That's the effect that Drew can have as a decoy that he's so non- I have to worry about this guy or they're going to beat us by 100 points that you fall asleep on him and he can end up having a couple points on you just because your defense is so lackluster on covering him on things like uh, quarterback contain. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of his his runs that he gets on off schedule and on third down and long is because teams just don't expect him to run the football. And even if he does, they're willing to give him the few yards he's going to get but for us, that extends the drive, and that's all we can ask from a guy like that. Look, I'm going to put it in the atmosphere, dude. I'm going to act like Dino Babers this morning. Is that all right? That's all right. All right? LL, stay with me. The great Drew Pine game is being kept in the pocket for, really? November, for, for November 26th. It's being kept in the pocket. Talking about USC. Go to the Coliseum. That's where we get the Drew Pine game. Interesting. 
I'm putting it in the atmosphere. That's when we get it. Are you seeing he's playing better than Caleb Williams that night? So Caleb is probably going to throw for – no, Caleb's not going to throw for 300. And CJ didn't throw for 300. And so CJ, CJ, night, then. CJ has a better – no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Once again, you remember, we lowered the bar to 150. Oh, okay. So you're saying so, uh, his night tucked away at that standard. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and do this relative, <laughs> right? We asked for 220. He gave us 280 against North Carolina. Okay. So if we asked for 150, if he gives us 210, which would be pretty much relative to what he went over, our expectations in the North Carolina game, that would be a Drew Pine game. 210, 60% completion, two to three touchdowns, no interceptions. I'm putting that out there for the USC game. I'm putting that out there, okay. I'm putting it out there. I'm putting that out there. Getting my inner Dino Babers and calling what's going to show up on the field for Notre Dame. I'm putting it out there. Drew's going to give us 210. Three touchdowns, 60% completion. We're going to come away with the dub. Lucky left the podcast. You, you're not buying it right now. I see it in your face. <laughs> that doesn't mean we still going to run the rock. We still getting 200 plus yards on the ground. Yeah. That's, that's, no, he's not going to play. I'll play Caden. No, that's not what I'm saying. I think Drew needs to be at that 150 mark. 60% completion. But if anything, I think it would be helpful if he gets his third down completion better. I think with a guy like that, he's so specific in pockets in which you need him that it's almost better to get him in the pockets that matter the most. I want him to have his best pocket moments and best game moments or best pocket in the game moments on third down. Yeah. If you had 150 yards on third down, I mean, hey, that's all we can ask for. If you go, I wouldn't even say 150. Let's just not give no numbers. Let's say if Drew Pine is in the game and it's third down, he should be over 50% on third down. If he's over 50% of third down, that's the only expectation I need for him. Yeah. Because that's yeah. going to extend drives for us so we can keep running that rock, keep killing the clock, and keep giving us chances to get closer to the end zone so we can run in the end. <laughs> Or throw it in to Tobias or something. <laughs> Tommy Reese talking about the preparation for Navy. Yeah, preparing for, for Navy is always a tall task. Um, you know, I think back to as a player, as a coach, like, it's always a tough week. Um, you know, they do a great job within their system. They limit your possessions offensively. Coach Newberry uh, gives you a ton of different looks that you have to be ready for and prepared for. They really play complementary football between the offense and defense. So, um, you know, it's added stress because you know it's a unique opponent. Um, we have a ton of respect for them, obviously. I've played in the game. I've coached in the game. You know, it's something that you look forward to every year. Look forward to it being over, I guess. But um, the preparation is, is a whole different type. You know, it's not something that really you face with to me. Look, I, I, you probably agree with that. He's like, it's something I look forward to, like, Forward to it being over. Like yes, <laughs> nobody at Notre Dame likes preparing and playing in this Navy game. It's the week but, that you like just know, you know, you catch up on your homework and stuff, you catch up on your school stuff, you catch up on 
you know, all the things that you lack when you're so locked in, but you just know at the end of the day, it's going to be a physical game. And you're probably in the training room more than you're in the film room this week just because you just want to get those little muscles worked out and worked on because yeah. it's going to be tested because you're hitting guys north and south. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to war. Yeah, flat out. It is. Yeah, it's different. It's different in other games, and it's different. We want to take this time. Um, the theme of our show is that some things are bigger than football at Notre Dame. And one of the rivalries that, you know, I see people talking about, you know, we need to improve the schedule. We need to get rid of the academies, this, that, and the other. Uh, the relationship Notre Dame has on several levels with the academies, um, the history they have with them, in critical times in American history, there's no need to ever take the academies off the Notre Dame schedule. Right. I don't care about strength of schedule. It's just some things that are bigger than the trivial stuff. Win the big games that's on your schedule. The academies aren't going anywhere. And if you don't understand the history and the bond between the academies and Notre Dame, and I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it's an honor to watch these games because of the appreciation I have for everyone and anyone that is a veteran or has been part of the armed forces that's part of LL Nation or watches the podcast or, you know, is part of another team that jumps in to watch what we have to say. We salute you for your efforts and your sacrifice and putting things on the line for the sake of others. We appreciate you here, LL Nation, and God's blessing upon you and the rest of your family and much success. Absolutely. Some things are just bigger than football and the relationship between Notre Dame and academies is very much the manifestation of that. We appreciate you from Lucky Lefty Podcast. Now we got to go out here and kick your A. I'm sorry. Yeah, now, and now we got to have to all that being said. that being said. Now we got to go out here and act like y'all foreign terrorists. <laughs> we got to treat y'all like the enemy, man. We got to go out there and treat y'all like we over there in Pakistan. Absolutely. Y'all real issues. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. With that being said, don't take this whooping personally. <laughs> yeah, no, we on the same team after the game. During the game, we're going to have to beat y'all like y'all one of them other teams now. Right. It's right. better today, so we're going to get it out the way early. Right. This day is on Friday. Yeah. And okay, we're going to give y'all y'all flowers. And after that, <laughs> facts. y'all going to give us some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> facts. Like, we love you. We appreciate you. Yeah, and, yo, yeah. When the ball is kicked off, we're going to have to push that to the side for about yeah, yeah, 60 yeah. minutes. We'll get back to it. We'll, we'll be back to friend-loving and land at a freeze. Gonna, yeah, after the game, we're going to interlock arms. and we might get a cookout together. We can even eat the little barbecue together. We're, we're going to go through both of the alma maters. Yeah. We're going to rock with your alma mater. You're going to rock with our alma mater. Yeah, we'll even let y'all go first. How about yes, that? Yes, absolutely. You know, we'll take our helmets off and all, man. Yeah, yeah. But we got to take care of business in between all of that. Yeah, we got to handle stuff. But this is for us, though. You know, this is 
our part that we need to do for ourselves. Facts. Facts. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Let's, before we get out of here, left, let's talk about these CFP rankings. Anything, first of all, Notre Dame at 20. You thought they would be a little bit higher. You thought they were top 15 worthy. Your thoughts about Notre Dame breaking in at 20? The fact that we're not top 10 now is crazy. <laughs> you go over it one more time. 16, 7, 21, and what, 67, and 12. Out of those four scores, two of those teams were top four teams in the country. One of them still is. After we knocked the other one down, that deserves top 10 in the country right there. That's the only stat that matters. Because who else is doing that in the top 10 that's there right now? They don't even get the chance to. And then if they mess around long enough, we might get three chances to knock off somebody in the top 10 that we play later in the season. So you get three chances to get somebody in the top 10, and we did something crazy to the first, uh, the second one, and we held the one that everybody's so happy about to 21 points. I don't know how you don't put us in there. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I, I, I do. If LL Nation, if you didn't know the level of love that this dude has for Notre Dame, it is on full display. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's on full display right I'm now. I'm just saying the facts. Full display right now. I know he sees Clemson sitting at 10 and says to himself, he just destroyed them. We should be at 10. Easily. If not four. You got to relax, Left. Michigan ain't doing that. You <laughs> so disrespectful. They're not. <laughs> we all know how Michigan is, man. So they're fraudulent like Clemson was fraudulent? That's what you're saying? Somebody cut on that Clemson versus Georgia tape from last year. The Michigan versus Georgia tape is worse. Somebody cut on Aiden Hutchinson tape this year from the Detroit Lions. And then you tell me, is Michigan for real or not? Come on, man. Left, if they if they win out, they'll be top 10. Okay. I appreciate you putting it in the atmosphere, though. 20 is okay. Did they get the top four right, though, in your opinion, at this point? Oh, yeah, the top four without us is, is pretty accurate. Without us. I mean, you got Georgia, Ohio State, of course. Um, Tennessee should be in there. And then that fourth spot should be us, man. I ain't going to lie to you, man. Any surprises? Look, man, that win gets better. We destroyed their season on Saturday night, left. I mean, we sending boys. We got dude. I wanted to play dude. I put meat and meal on when I saw it come on last night. I mean, it's so. Hold funny. up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. It's so crazy because we can we can still send people home, and it's and it's and it's great because now you're gonna start seeing all these guys in Clemson sitting out, uh, getting ready for the league. Low management. They've got mysterious foot injuries like LeBron. All of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be real devastating. So you know, they might as well just go ahead and insert K Club Nick for the rest of the year. You know, because I don't even see him going January six. I think the loss was so bad that Clemson's not gonna make no January six ball. 
It's it's packing it up. We we ruining seasons like that. And SC's next. And SC's next. Oh, SC is definitely next. November 26th, like, here we come. We are coming. And you can't hide. You cannot. We don't want to hear nothing about UCLA. Well, we played UCLA and that was tough. We don't want to hear that. Oh, we don't no. want to hear that. We don't want to hear that. Notre Dame won the ACC conference on Saturday, by the way. They need to put us in the ACC championship game because we whip both of the people, both of the teams that'll be there. So, both of the teams. So just give us the trophy. Give us the ACC trophy, and you're lucky we didn't beat Ohio State because we would took the Big Ten, and we had two conference championships in one year. You're lucky we didn't beat Ohio State. Because we would have took the Ohio, we would have took the Big Ten one, and then we would went right on down. Oh, we would have took yeah. Don't let UC USC beat UCLA because then we beat USC. We taking Pac twelve too. We yeah. had three. We walk around like Thanos. Yeah, we walk around like Thanos, except in the Sun Belt. We, you know, we had, we had to get one back. <laughs> yeah, we had to get one back in the Sun Belt. But the mother conference is the Big Ten. We we should have snatched that one. We yeah. already got the ACC trophy on deck. We done made the ACC look like a Division II league this year. Yeah. 27 consecutive, what? And y'all ain't got enough money to get us in there. Yeah. ACC, y'all better start asking us for loans. <laughs> Lucky lefty. Super Chats, Chad Brown, we appreciate you. Thank you for the Super Chat. Can we feel comfortable with where we sit with Peyton? And be concerned with Dylan. Oh, I've been telling him go to case to go. Look. Go. Look, man. Go take Thank it. For the super chat. Go. I'm, 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 I'm more. I'm exa- I'm exhausted talking about this Peyton Thorn thing. I'm exhausted, man. I'm, I'm exhausted. I don't know what else to say. Go. The dude was at the Clemson game with all his boys and experienced one of the greatest highs ever. I understand his fan base deals with a great level of hurt. In recruiting, based upon the way things have gone, but this is a totally different staff, and they handle things a totally different way. If this was the former wide receiver coach and the former staff with Brian Kelly, yes, I would be hesitant. I would, and I'm just being honest. But with Marcus Freeman being the head recruiter, and being the one that initially offered him as a defensive coordinator, he was the original one that established the relationship. No, I, I don't give a second thought to Peyton Bond. Like I, I moved on. I, yeah, I've really moved on for Peyton Bond. I really have. Really I really have. have. Um, here's the question for you, Left Joe Easton. How did y'all practice the cut blocking and prep for Navy? I mean, it's one of those things you got little different drills you do to keep the guys off your feet. We'll roll like these giant medicine balls where you go through the line, keeping the guy off your feet. But a lot of it is just knowing what gap you're supposed to play and and, ha- and holding that responsibility in that gap. If you know your job, you stay up. Um, a lot of times guys go wrong when they just get lazy. It's really just about the, the break. Of, of focus that you that you get sometimes because the game's so boring. 
that that's when you start getting out of gap or you try to get too anxious because you want to make a play, get in the wrong position and you get hit wrong or, you know, it's so tight you're going to fall into somebody. So uh, staying disciplined and consistent is just the most important thing. So you just really uh, focus on that uh, just throughout the week. And that's what makes it such a monotonous week where you just want to forget it because it's, it, it's more about uh, assignment and not about the feel of a college football game. Yeah. Um, and then this part, second part of Chad's question was about Dylan Edwards taking a visit to K-State. Um, I can speak for me. Kids, some people are different, left. Some people feel like if you're committed, you shouldn't be taking visits. I'm not like that. I don't care when you commit, you get five official visits. Yeah. And I believe you should take them all. Committed or not. Go enjoy yourself. I've been on the record. I'm going to Oregon just for the sneakers. That's it. I don't care who I'm committed to. I'm taking the Oregon trip just for the sneakers. Yeah. And the gear. Period. Period. It's an experience. So that's why I sit. And if other people sit on the other side of the fence, that's fine because it's not a right or wrong. It's not like, yeah, I'm right, you're wrong. No, this is just the way I feel. He went with his boy, Avery Johnson, who's his guy, who he's been working on, trying to flip the Notre Dame. They went to the Kansas State game together. Avery Johnson is a, is a Kansas State commit. Dylan Edwards is a Notre Dame commit. It's not the first Kansas State game he's been to. He's from the state of Kansas. Yeah. So, you know, I guess it's up, it's up to the beholder. It's up to the beholder. Man, if it makes you worry, cool. For a cat like me, I don't even give it a second thought. Don't even give it a second thought, huh? No. And if he went, I guarantee you there was communication with the Notre Dame staff if yeah. he went as a committed player. There was communication. And they were like, cool. Because I don't see Notre Dame going after any other running backs. No. No, they're like, all right. That's another rumor that's been put in. Like, dude, Notre Dame was cool as long as you commit and you're transparent and you're honest. Uh, I got Armand Galanosa. Is no is Dante flipping? Can we sway him still? Dante's not coming to Notre Dame. No. Leave that boy alone, man. Crazy boy. Hearing from my sources that Devin Leary may enter the transfer portal, and he grew up a huge Notre Dame fan. Oh my God! X. Yeah. I don't um, want nobody growing up as a Notre Dame fan at quarterback no longer. No longer, because they always end up being under 5'10". No, it's not true. It's not true. Jack Cone was a lifetime Notre Dame fan. He's about 6'4". But this this is what I tell you. I don't care what quarterback comes in, Notre Dame is going to make him look better than he looked at his previous spot. 100%. Jack Cone looked better at Notre Dame, and I'm sure whatever quarterback they bring in via the TP, they'll look better. At Notre Dame. Me personally, I'm off Devin Leary. I got a question. Could Drew Pine play the rest of the season out well enough 
for them not to get a transfer quarterback? No, 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 no. They're they they will be looking in the TP. No, at this point, no, 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 no. Now is that a market thing or is that a maybe he could, but I don't think he's capable. I don't. Yeah. He's not capable of, of going over three hundred yards the last three games of the season and then the bowl game, if he gave you four consecutive 300-yard games, then I would say, okay, maybe. Maybe he can convince them, okay, we can rock with this dude. I don't think he's capable of doing that, though. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting. So, that's why my answer is no. They will be in the portal. And like we said earlier, it won't be so much about Notre Dame calling people. I think quarterbacks around the nation are going to be calling Notre Dame. Like, yo. Who's making that decision? To go to the portal? No, who's making the decision on if guys were calling Notre Dame? Is that a Marcus Freeman thing or is it Tommy thing? They're coming together. Who do you think makes the decision? I think I know what you're asking. Because Tommy's been saying no to guys. And I don't know if that's a Marcus Freeman back no, or is that a no, I'm telling you no, and I don't need nobody else telling well, me. Well, he's been saying no to guys in recruiting. I don't think he was saying – I mean, Tommy was the first one to call Keaton Slovis, bro, mm. last year. So he was the first one to call Keaton Slovis. I mean, Keaton Slovis put it out there. I'm not exactly sure Tommy wanted that to get out there like that. But, hey, one minute into into the transfer portal transfer portal opening, Tommy Reese called Keaton Slovis. So they know what it is. They know their quarterback room. They know what needs to be done. It's, it is what it is. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. Uh, Nick P, what happened to the pit commit? Nothing. Nothing. Um, we got a lot. We're fielding a lot of calls right now after that win. So I'm sure he's is he's in the, the stack of people that uh are interested in coming to Notre Dame still. Now this will be funny. Ryan Lofter said, "Can we get field back for a grad transfer?" Not with Tommy. Not with Tommy. No. And that would be funny. Feel hurt too much. So. Yeah, he's like Devin Leary, like just constantly injured. But no, no chance of that. No chance of that. And the whole Kenny Minchie thing was kind of like conversation, conversation, conversation. But the product was bad. There was conversation, there was interest, and then you put out a bad product. You lose to Stanford. It was like, I ain't looking over there. Like, why would I come there? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can get the in, you can get the interest of guys, but <laughs> if the product isn't right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you- now. Now that Notre Dame is sitting at the head of the table for the co-op, like Marlo, 
you know. Yeah. You get a big win against USC, they can stand up from the table and say, by the way, price of the brick just went up. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. When you got bad product out there like uh like Avon had when he had to call Brother Muzon in because the product was trash while he was locked up. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Things, man. You can have all, like what do you say? You can have all the territory you want, but if your product is trash, like they can have all the interest in the world from quarterbacks all over the country, but if the product is Hey, gotta have that good product, man. Yeah, nothing better than good product. Speaking of good product, have an announcement coming up. Those of you that have been asking us for Lucky Lefty to be in podcast form, we're gonna rock that out for you. Yeah, we'll have our website going, and I think we're gonna have. No, for sure, we're gonna have uh, the website going with the merch for Black Friday. So that should be that should be dope that should be dope i don't know if we should give people eight percent off on black mm. friday eight mm. percent off it just sound, it just it has a ring to it what's the promo code left uh oh you gotta make up green hoppers uh what should it be spin it different should be it is Spin it different is the is the promo code. That's okay. right. Yeah, give us some time, man. We'll be in podcast form probably in the next few days, and then the merch with the website is right around the corner. I know you guys have been waiting on it. It's finally here, man. It's finally here. So yeah, I hope that I hope I but Nick, I hope I explained the Kenny mentioned situation. I hope I did. Lucky Lefty Podcast, the climb to 3,000 is real, even closer. We're about 80 subscribers away, left. It's a blessing, bro. Right there, man. Man, we're so thankful, man. So thankful. Just over a year and just over a year, the fact that we've been able to get to where we are is because of ULL Nation. We appreciate you greatly. The climb to 3,000. It inspires us to get up and talk Notre Dame football and everything else each and every day and continue to spin it different. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Stories of the Day brought to you by Norwhiskey, norwhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, norwhiskey.com. Thank you to Tyler Spencer for that. He says BK sucks should be the promo code. <laughs> hey, man, let that man do his thing, man. He's he making it happen. Oh, man. So, Aaron Rodgers, my man. Oh, oh man. man. 
My man comes off a game where he threw three interceptions, bro, in the red zone. And had the nerve to go on the Pat McAfee show talking about I, 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 I. Like, I don't know about the rest of the squad, but I know where I'll be. I'll be in the middle of the huddle, ready to compete. Fam, you cost your team the game. What are you talking about? You threw three interceptions in the red. Man, look, man, the real Aaron Rodgers has come out because I think team success kind of hid who he really was. Now we're starting to see who he really is as a person. I don't like it. I think he's a jerk. Mm. And it's kind of ruining the whole football aspect for him. Because not right now, at this point, I don't even care about how good he is at the game. Mm. It's just a jerk, man. He messed it up for you. Man, put that dude on the petty train, man. Put that dude on the on the petty train. Put him on the petty train. Going through a lot, man. You don't have a you don't have receivers, man. That's his fault. He getting hit all the time. That's his fault. It's his fault. That's his fault. He told Matt Lafleur, "I don't like motion. Don't call plays with motion. Everybody in the NFL uses motion, bro. Not Aaron Rodgers. I don't do motion." I don't need to evolve with the game. Okay, go ahead. With the talent you have, you might want to welcome motion and motioning people into being open. And you know the excuse? Shout out to Kimberly Martin this morning on ESPN. Because the excuse is he doesn't have talent. Guys are not getting open. Mm. Do you know that the wide receiver core for the Green Bay Packers are fourth in the NFL? And distance open on plays. Uh oh, see, that's a petty stat. Who put that you out there? that stat? And I was who like, you're trying to say your people are not getting open, but that's not what the stats say, brother. Uh-oh. Hold on. Really separation. Is this all because he's taking a, 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 a deer antler spray or something in the forest or something? Is this where they're coming after him? Yeah, dude. This is crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do look T Joe look man stop y'all stop 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 <laughs> right stop stop I don't want to hear that because the New England Patriots never drafted wide receivers either bro how did Tom Brady do yeah how did he do I don't want to hear that I don't want to hear that I don't want to hear that because when, even when he had wide receivers, he stunk it up in the playoffs. I don't want to hear that. Oh, we're starting to see who he really is. This is on him. This is on him. That playoff game last year against the 49ers, that was on him. Mm. Against the Giants at home in the championship game, that's on him. All this covering up, trying to blame the front office. Y'all don't draft wide receivers. They drafted Devontae Adams. Did they not? They drafted Jordy Nelson when you were there. And all the other wide receivers, I don't care if they were first-rounders. They gave you talent that helped you become the quarterback that you are. That's true. So you can miss me with that. Take your single single Super Bowl and go back home or out to the jungle, wherever you were, and swing on some vines. The heck Uh, out of here. Here we go. Dude getting exposed, man. 
that trash dude out of here. He wants to blame everybody else instead of taking accountability. I'm not here for that. I'm not here. I'm not here for that. Be a man. All he had to say was, yo, I screwed that up. I can't throw three interceptions in the red zone. That's all he had to say as a real leader. That's true. As a real he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. It's not in him. It's not in him. Says that in him, Sean. It's not in him. So man. So he need go ask to be traded then. Help them out. Help the Packers out. Give them four or five first round picks. You want to go somewhere where you have talent? Better wide receivers? Go ask. You sitting up here losing to the Lions, bro. The Lions. You put up nine points on the Lions. And you want to make it seem like this everybody else? The heck out of here with that, man. You miss me with that. I'm not falling for it. You're not falling? You sure? No, I'm not falling for that, dude. Good grief. Aaron Rodgers. That dude stinks, dude. He stinks right now. Like, you, he stinks right now, bro. What do you think is the biggest cool. issue? Say it again. What do you think is his biggest issue? That he's not, bro, you know how it is. Let's be real for a second. Because I know you're a huge LeBron fan, right? <laughs> yeah, LeBron stinks right now. Thank you, bro. LeBron. And what's the common threat? Tom Brady's not the same dude. He's not. You don't know when father time is coming, bro. But at some point, you wake up one day and you're just not the same. It's not the same, man. Aaron Rodgers is just not the same dude. He's not. That's not to say he can't play good football. He's not that dude that he's been used to for the last decade. He's not that dude. Tom Brady is no longer that dude. Can he win football games? Yeah. But he's not that dude. LeBron, probably for the first time, is realizing physically, man, yo, it's not the same. I come out here and try to go as hard as I want, but it's just it's just not the same. He can work out, put millions into his body. It's not the same. And that's cool. But when that happens, don't start blaming other people. Don't start pointing the finger. It just is what it is. It just is what it is, huh? Dude, Jeremy Grant didn't take AD off the dribble for the game winner. He didn't take Russ off the dribble for the game winner. He took you off the dribble with the left. You're not the same. And it's cool. It's cool. You only get ire from me when you do stupid stuff like that and try to throw everybody else under the bus. Like you're not part of the problem. You're part of the problem, bro. And it's okay. Yeah, I agree with that. It's all right, man. And there's a lot of ways to play the game, right? Because I brought up Tom Brady. They didn't have to draft wide receivers, bro. They had two all-time tight ends. They had Aaron Hernandez and, and Gronk at the same time, bro. Yeah. They can afford to go get an Edelman. <laughs> all we need you to do 
has worked underneath. We're going to stretch the field with these tight ends. Nobody was doing that. Nobody was doing that. No one. No one had a 6'7", six, 6'6", six, six tight end that could run like a gazelle that they could just pretty much put out on the outside and tell them to run verticals. Nope. Nobody had that. So, of course, you need talent to win. But let's not act like Aaron Rodgers hasn't had talent at the skill positions, bro. He's had hella talent. Come on, man. Even Subo. He had Jimmy Graham at one point. Man. Come on, man. We got to stop. And they traded for Jimmy Graham because he asked for him. He asked for Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Graham got there and was underwhelming. So he's underwhelming? He was underwhelming. But that's what they asked for. Yeah. My brother, look, man, he can be all alone on a petty train today. Yeah, I think he deserves it. Yeah, yesterday was straight up, you know, voting all you know, shout out to everyone that voted and shout out to everyone that didn't vote. That's another thing. Like, man, if you, if you don't feel it, I'm not about to sit up here and pull you and, and, and drag you. The process is the process, man. The process really be the process. The process. Subscribe, share, like, hit the notification bell, let everybody know. LL, we're the best and growing faster. Left, see you tomorrow, man. We'll try to dig into a, I'm gonna try and watch some Navy tape today, bro. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm gonna try and watch some Navy tape, dig into this Navy matchup. Hopefully uh, we can get another 24 commit and 23 commits to talk about. We'll go over to Carson, let's sure. go over Carson Hobbs film. Okay. You, know, you, love, okay. you love talking about Ohio guys. Let's go over his film. You know, he claims to be one of the best lockdown man-to-man defensive backs. That's what he said. That's his strength. He is Good. from the TCL South now. Oh, TCL here we go. South is a yeah, I was waiting for it to come out. Shout hey, out to GCL. I am an alumni myself. Tough, One of the toughest divisions and conferences in high school football is the Greater Catholic League. I'm not surprised. I'm expecting a probably elite player, very Ben Morrison like. I can already tell, you know, star, star out of the GCL. All right, so shout ahead. out to new 24 commit defensive back Carson Hobbs, Archbishop Moeller, Cincinnati, Ohio. Looking for great things. We'll dig into him and dig into Navy on tomorrow. So for left, Sean Davis, have a great Wednesday. Most of all, spend it different. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.